the second part of this two-part series on job hunting in Japan from an IT industry perspective. You may like to hear the first part of this discussion, which covered things like working conditions, types of work contracts, and recruitment agents. In this second part, I continue our discussion with John Littlefair Molin, a network engineer in Osaka, and Evan Storer, an e-discovery service specialist in Tokyo. Also joining in the discussion are Andy Schartzer and Tierra Tank two final year jets. We start off with job sites, what's available and what's good. So what other ways is are there available to find jobs? I mean, they're obviously Gaijin pot. Gaijinpot uh, is not exact. I wouldn't really recommend Gaijinpot because they're pretty much 90% I English teaching jobs. For hmm. me, the big Site job sites were, <clears throat> and actually, that's how I found the uh, that's how I found these recruitment agencies. Actually, biggest one is diejob.com. Yes, yeah, and then also uh, careercross.com. Um, these are not all IT only. They tend to be, but well, I was looking at IT, but um, they're not only IT. And then there's one more I actually never used, but a friend of mine recommended to me. It's one called careerforum.net. It's more for uh, ryugakuse. You know, people who are foreign students over here, people or Japanese students over in the Western world, to find a job related to English. But because it's related to English, it's quite possible to find something there. But for me, the die job and career cross were the best ways to just have a look around, see what's available, especially for placement agents. Almost again, about 90% of those jobs are placement agencies. Um, the minimum they're going to place you there as a seishin, or they're going to send you as a hack-end contractor. But it lets you search and you know see what there is. Other than that, LinkedIn has actually gotten useful. When I was doing, when I was still looking for a job, I didn't use LinkedIn. It was still basically starting out. It was eight years ago. Uh, barely existed. But now I am getting a lot of offers through that. Uh, people just see my profile and say, "Hey." Work for me. They're almost all in Tokyo, so I say no. But still, it's a good source of offers and jobs, and see what there is available. Do you have a Japanese LinkedIn page or English only? No, I just stuck it with English because I I'm not actively looking for a job right now. I'm just kind of messing around and left it up there in English. And even then, some international companies are see it and say, "Hey, we need a network engineer. Come on down." So, if you're actively looking for a job, it probably would be good to. Translate your English stuff below it. That would help if you're using LinkedIn. But LinkedIn, as if LinkedIn is not cannot be the only way you're looking around. I'll say that yeah. just because it's still mostly the international companies that are looking there. I don't know. I mean, that might help. The, some of the more advanced, more innovative companies might look on LinkedIn, but it's still more of an international thing. Japanese companies and a lot of the bigger companies in in Japan tend to go more for the introductory agencies just because they have a well, they stand as a hoshoni uh, between you and the company. I would definitely recommend signing in, signing up for diejob.com and careercross.com. Fill in the profiles and all your uh, resume up there, and also do it on the Japanese side as well. Make sure it's English and Japanese resume separate rather than together. That'll definitely help you out. And also prepare a resume for yourself. I have both an American style one in English, an American style one in Japanese, and a Japanese style one in an Excel sheet. You will probably need them. Depending on what company you apply for, you'll need one of them at least, and it's just easier to have it ready. Did it come with a cover letter, like all three variations? Or uh, I cover letter. I, I don't have a pre-written cover letter, because I'm not. Like I said I'm not looking for a job right now. When I was, I did have a good, a nice template. Basically, the same thing I put up on my die job profile. You know, it's three, four paragraphs of I am this. I want to work in this way. 
please hire me. And same in Japanese. And most of the people I was applying to electronically, just sent, popping out resumes, didn't need a cover letter. I just would fill in basically that information on an, in an email, attach my resume, and off it goes. The few times I've applied to Japanese, pure Japanese companies, like Toyota, applied to them, they were seriously Japanese style, which is seriously not American style at all. Like you have, I don't, has anyone ever seen one of the Japanese style resumes? I've written one, I sent one in Square Enix. No, I haven't. You know, uh, yeah, mine was, mine was digital, but that's just because nice. they had the online form, and they yeah. wanted a Gideki Show and a Kiyaku, oh, Kiyomu Gideki Show, like separately. Yeah, yeah. So yeah. I had to write both, and like you have to write Shibodoki, and then you have to write Nico PR, which mm. is also Basically the same thing. <laughs> yeah. Well, I got the sense that Shibodoki yeah. was more like, why do you want to work for this particular company? And Chico mm. PR was more like a little more personal, like what's oh, it yeah. worth? Sorry, I, 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 I was messing around there. It's, you're right. It is um, the Shibodoki is what you want and why you want to work there. Chico PR is includes why you want to work there in, by describing yourself in working that way. But yeah, you're quite right there. But yeah, in a lot of places, like when I applied to, I think Toyota and then also to some pachinko making company, Kyocera or something, um, they had to, it had to be written out by hand. Literally put in post, you know, glue a fake photo onto it, and they would do a handwriting analysis on you or something like that. Wow. So yeah, you, you can buy those packets for resumes from oh, yeah. convenience stores, and they're really cheap, and they even yeah. come with envelopes to send them in. Yeah, it's just a real pain to write yeah, them out. Because like, if you make a mistake, you can't white it out. You have to rewrite the whole thing. Yep. And all in Japanese. That's something that's worth practicing. Like, If you buy one of those packets, run a, a few photocopies, just practice it and have one ready. Sorry, is there inf information online available for someone, like say, has, like I, I half those terms, most of those terms, I've, I have no familiarity oh. whatsoever, of course, but because I've never tried finding a job right. in Japan. I assume there's lots of resources online that would help yeah. you guide you on terms and how to fill out the CV and all that. Yeah, I did out. so much research just to get that first resume done, and I asked my friends, and I sent them my Chibo PR, my Chibo, Chibo Doki, and yeah. it was a lot of work, but I feel like now that I've done it once, it won't nearly be as much work doing it a second time. And I have yeah. the digital copy, so I can handwrite using the digital copy, so right. I'm less likely to screw up. That's the big okay. thing. Get get it done in advance. Get somebody to check it. Someone who speaks Japanese natively to check it, yeah. and uh, that'll make things a lot easier. But I don't know if you if you again if, the other thing I wanted to mention about um, applying to pure Japanese companies. If you ever try that, they've got a lot of direct tests. Like they're not. I don't know if Square Enix would do this. They're pretty modern, but uh, again, translation test. Well, that's nice. well. I guess if you're looking for translation, but when I was doing, I think I applied to Toyota. Uh, or whatever it was, something in Toyota, you had to do their their individual test, which was you know high school math problems, English questions, mm -hmm. write out some kanji by hand. It's basically the same test as a Japanese applicant would have to do in the same amount of time. And that was hard because I, I can read Japanese, I can speak Japanese fluently, I just can't write it out by hand without looking at a dictionary or something. But even probably worse than that was one company made me take something called an SPI test which is basically um, a personality test for Japanese people based right. around doing lots of math problems and, well, I mean, it's like an SAT, you know, for, all, for all, everyone except Eden. It's like an SAT. Um, <laughs> it's um, math problems and uh, local language 
questions from which they discover your personality, which is great unless you're not a native speaker and you have to read all those math questions in Japanese and you have to read, you know, read five kanji and say which are the most like which ones feel the most like this word. I can't read three of them. Okay. So I didn't get that job, basically. <laughs> but to just be ready for, especially if you go through some of the, the JAC International, which is more oriented towards Japanese companies, be ready to suddenly be asked to take a test or something like that. Luckily, I've never had to take any test like that, but I've always worked for foreign companies. So, Or, well, in the case of BIOS, it is still here. But yeah, actually, my wife, who is American, had to take a test like that, I think, when she applied for a Japanese company. She was working in translation. She she definitely struggled with it, and her Japanese is really, really good. But just just the, the difficulty of, of going through all that definitely was, was stressful. But, I mean, as far as resumes go, I, I agree with John. I mean, you want to make sure that you have a Japanese resume prepared just in case, even if your Japanese isn't necessarily that great. Just make sure you have one because it might be necessary. And actually, the ones that I've seen have been longer than that. I had to prepare one that was like four pages long or something like that. I don't know. I mean, just you know, ask ask your colleagues that you have now what's the best way to to prepare for a job, and then they'll you know they'll help you out. Definitely get some help from the natives. Absolutely, especially if you, since you're still working at schools and they have to they have to help the students find jobs. You know, the ones who aren't going to university, they've got people. At least my school had. Uh, teachers who were doing interview practice and helping them find, you know, guidance counselors basically, helping them find jobs. So sometimes they got some free time, sometimes they don't. But if they do, if you've got a reasonably good relationship with them, you know, tell them that I'm looking for a job in Japan. Can you help me out with a little interview practice? Can you look at my resume? Did you have a Japanese interview first of all in Japanese? But I was working. I much like Evan, I've been working for foreign companies. I I can talk about the ones I failed. Um, in this case, yes, they were definitely all in Japanese, and they they were pretty hard. But then, in for the foreign companies, I did. It was all again. It was all in Japanese, but they were much more lenient about it. The people who interviewed me were Japanese people who spoke English, so they went into it thinking, "Well, hey, if he speaks English, if he speaks Japanese, great. That's easier for me. Hey, wonderful." And mm -hmm. it was pretty much pretty close to this interviews I had in America, mm -hmm. just. What do you do? What do you like to do? You know, how how are you going to work for us? Tell me about your experience. Well, that was for oh, Citigroup. For AT&T, actually, I was in Gyomu Itaku, so they weren't allowed to ask anything. The ones, uh, the ones I didn't pass. The one that Toyota really leaps to mind. It was totally Japanese style. There was four people, four or five people in the in interviewers, just behind a table. Yeah, total panel interview. You went in and you, you know, they just said. Say your Jiko PR, just make it longer. You know, tell us about yourself. Tell us why you're good. You know, what are your strong points? You know, Jackten, Kyoten, all that sort of thing. Make it sound good. They always would ask because you're a foreigner. They definitely don't ask this Japanese, but they would always ask me, why did you come to Japan? How long have you lived here? Do you want? Do you see yourself staying here? Which it's probably ties into that thing I was saying about my sister-in-law, who you know they want they want to make sure you're not going to quit in the middle to go home. And also, you can it works to your advantage. You know, you say I came to Japan to work really hard, something along those lines. And hey, great, you can reinforce that GKPR. One thing that uh, definitely made sure that I did not get that job was that they asked me if I was willing to move to America and work in their site over there. Like, at that point, I did not want to do that. I, I'm married to a Japanese lady. That's why I wanted to stay here in Japan. Um, so, so I told them, sorry, I can't do that. And that was pretty much the end of that. That could come up. Like, prop, well, you were talking about Square Enix. And they, I don't think they have any 
anything big over there. Well, maybe they got one. They got a couple over there in America, but not as they're not as likely to be asking you to go be their representative over there. Yeah, uh, I think all the localization is on in Japan. Yeah. So uh, yeah. makes sense. But then again, if you get promoted, you know, if you stay, if you do get the job and get promoted, then they probably they might do so. Like you need an IT manager over there who understands Japan, so you don't want a local hire. They want someone who's sent over. They can send over. But if you <laughs> were going for somewhere else, that can come up. As long as you don't say anything weird, I don't think there'll be anything particularly unusual. But again, you, I guess, chance and trap is that you have to show off your Japanese skills if yeah. they're talking to you in Japanese. Like they, you go in there and you, you know, if you're struggling with it, sometimes it's better to tone down the keigo if you struggle with keigo, as it were. Sure. Uh, yeah. To speak properly. I have a feeling because you have so much time to like think about your Jiko PR and your yeah. your Shibodoki ahead of time on your resume, but then when you're there on the spot, you know, I have a feeling. It's hard. My written Japanese is fancier than my spoken Japanese. Right. Well, that's part of that's part of it, and then also you use different types of keiko there, and yeah. then also they'll ask you questions about it. Uh, if you and if you can speak brilliant Japanese while you're basically reading a memorized script, and then you can't you stumble over your words for the rest, it's not such a good thing. Oh, practice. I had an interview in Japanese, and I also had a semi-interview in Japanese, and I have done an interview in Japanese. Ooh, fancy. As far as that goes. The, the interview that I did was exactly what you would expect from any other interview. I mean, they just asked me about myself and, and all that stuff, and it was totally fine. Just I, I haven't heard from my friends anything funny about doing interviews in Japanese at all, just you know, like any other interview, basically. The one thing that I would say, I guess, is that when they start asking you the questions that you would expect them to ask, like, you know, do you like Japan? How long do you want to live here? That kind of stuff. I mean, if you want to, if you want to impress them, I mean, I'm sure you've been on Jeff for three years, right? So you probably already know this, but tell them, like, you know, I love the Japanese working style. I want to come here and do my best. I want to try really hard. Uh, look, look at advertisements that you see around. I mean, you, you get the most ridiculous stuff, like tire companies saying they want to spread joy around the world. <laughs> yeah. All kinds of weird crap like that. So if you just talk like that, then it should be fine. Yeah, Don't go over the top. <laughs> no, no, no. no. <laughs> Just that kind of attitude is what I yeah. mean. The big thing I would say about the interviews, or at least the interviews I had, is that based on the questions they asked, if you have any weird questions, that's going to tell you whether or not you you actually want to work there. And I was talking about Pachinko parlor, Pachinko machine making place. Their big question was, uh, so do you mind if the boss smokes around, around you 24-7? like, yes. Yes, I might. <laughs> so, okay, well, that answers that then. Yeah. Uh, you know, look out for that sort of thing. Like, if there's something that comes, if they think there's something that's going to cause, cause a, I don't know, cause you to have second thoughts about the job, they'll usually bring it up. And and one more thing would be like, it, my company has been hiring for quite a while, and and one thing that our interviewers really get, uh, they really focus on, is making sure that people want to work for the company, not necessarily like they just want a job or they just want to work in a certain field, but that specific company. Mm -hmm. knowing, yeah. about, knowing about the field is, of course, necessary, but more than that, why do you want to work for that specific company? I think a lot of, a lot of people would focus on. So. Also for that role in that company. Like I, I've heard of people, I've seen people, especially in the data center, go into the job they're thinking, I'm just here for to get a foothold in this company. I'm going to move in six months. I'm going to move to this other team. If that if you put that through in your interview and if you act like that when you're working there, it's just not good. You're not going to be a good worker. You know they tend to end up quitting actually. So make sure that when you say you go in there and you think yes, I want to be doing this whatever, being a programmer in Square Enix. 
and here's why. Something that I remember talking to you, John, earlier, yeah. certifications yes. and at least from working in the Western world, uh, experiences and training were on the job, so I didn't have any formal qualifications. And it was fine in Australia, and I suspect it would be the same in America as well. But I believe you said that maybe the situation is a little bit different in Japan. Like, uh, it's also different based on the on your on your working on your working environment. Like I'm coming to it from a physical equipment point of view, like networking, server administration, okay. or data center administration, something like that. And even in the West, you are expected to have a certain level of knowledge, like a certain level of certification to prove that you have the knowledge. In Japan, it's a little bit more so, just because, in my opinion, just because you need to prove that it's w worth their time to interview you. Like, if you go in as a network engineer, for example, you can go into their, you can be really experienced and know what you're doing, but have no certifications. But mm -hmm. you write that on your resume, and if, especially if all of your experience is overseas, they're probably not going to check up on it. So they're just going to say, well, that's great, but this guy who is Japanese knows about all this stuff as well, and He's got these certifications. Yeah. Plus, one thing that I've always thought personally is that if you actually are, this is again physical infrastructure kind of jobs, if you have the knowledge that you don't need a certification, you're good enough to pass it without studying it. So you don't really need to skip it. And taking the certification, especially if you're applying for a job, shows you're willing to play the game. Uh, you're willing to make that bit of effort to get a job. But at the same time, if you don't have the knowledge to pass the test without studying a whole lot for it, without taking much of time for it, then you don't really have the, the experience, the knowledge to do the job most yeah. times. Yeah, that's that's my standpoint. And so for a physical side sort of thing, especially if you're weaker anywhere else, it's better to have a certification. And in this case, I would say not just IT, also the JLPT is pretty key. Just mm -hmm. because it shows that they, you know, if you're 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 just showing up on a piece of paper there, your Japanese resume could have been written by somebody else. At least if you've taken the test, you have that certain knowledge. So um, that's for me. Yeah. I, I agree with that. I mean, people here love tests, and yeah. the more tests you take, the better. So absolutely, like if, if I don't, I'm not aware of any certificates for software engineering. I'm sure that there are some, but um, as far as IT goes, like at the very least, get your A plus or whatever. You know, yeah. uh, John's got a CCNA. I have I have my own things for my field, and and you know just. JLPT as well. Like I, I actually don't have my N1. I got JLPT two like six years ago, and I just kind of I've been working here for a while now, and so people don't really question it. But yeah. it would definitely be good for me to get it. Like that's that's not a question. Like I should have it. I should take it. I'm just lazy, right. and like absolutely take it. Even like take take the highest level that you possibly think you can you can pass. Right. Especially when you're starting out, like if you've got work experience in Japan, then it's you can get away without it. But if you're starting out, you need it. Okay. Uh, any last thoughts or advice? One thing that I'll say is not directly related to finding a job. It's just general advice, both to Tierra and anyone who listens to this afterwards, is to understand yourself really well, and especially understand your goals and motivations, your reasons for being in Japan. Because it is harder than working in America or in whatever your home country is. It's a different language. You get paid less. Like I'm getting paid about $20,000 less than I would get for a same job in America. There are a lot of frustrations. There are a lot of little things. It's probably It would be even harder. Well, I can't say about Square Enix, but the companies I've worked for, it's even harder as a woman in Japan than as a man. Uh, just because you got a lot of stupid little expectations. 
it probably wouldn't matter so much as a foreigner because they don't because that would kind of break the law as it were. Yeah. But I noticed just one thing in my company in AT&T actually. Whenever a customer comes into the office, someone has to go get tea for them because it's Japan, and yeah. it's pretty much going to be a woman. It is going to be a woman doing it. Like it, there's one lady who's that's part of her job, but if she's busy doing something else, then it's going to be one of the other women who are asked to do it, not one of the guys. Right, the younger one. Yeah, so that it got, there are those bad things, and you can't really do anything about them. So you have to have a good reason to stay here. You know, you have to have a reason to go past it, to bust through it. Like for me, I like I like living here. You know, it's a nice place to live outside of those little things. My job is good. Um, I work from home a lot because just because I can, and because I like working from home. And the job will let me do it. I get paid enough. You know, it's not as much as I would get in America, but it's enough. Lifestyle here is pretty good. Osaka is a really nice place to live. That's like what everyone was saying. Great people, friendly. I live in the port area in Minato, so it's nice view, reasonably good weather, and much cheaper than Tokyo. Cheaper in Osaka? Oh, yeah. It's cheaper. Oh, yeah. Definitely That's cheaper true. in Osaka. I mean, if you get way down to right in Umeda or somewhere like that, it's going to be about the same price as Tokyo. But I live... In like I said, Minotoku, which is um, oh. 30 minutes by 30 minutes door to door to my office in Umeda, and I'm paying uh, eight man per month for a th for a two LDK. Uh, okay. Yeah. Wow. That's nothing, nothing compared to Tokyo, right? No yeah. <laughs> yeah. I was so, two bucks for six man when I was studying yeah. abroad. That's yeah. So that's a good thing about Osaka, but you know, there's not as many jobs here. Although if you're in, if you're programming Nintendo's down here, I think they they sometimes are hiring people down yeah, here. They yeah. are, but from what I've seen, they really want experience. So. Well, yeah, but probably not at least right away. Yeah, for a future for a future reference, you know, it could yeah. be there. So anyway, I've got these. I got the reasons. I got friends here. I want. I'm planning to stay here. Um, so I've got my reasons to stay in Japan, and that that's what gets me over the problem. Different language difficulties, uh, you know, people being coughing on me on the train, and all all that weird stuff. <laughs> so you have to know why you're here. You have to know what you want out of it, and you have to know whether you're going to stay or not. Yeah, I think that's very good advice. Just the the one thing that I would add to that, and th this doesn't necessarily go for people who are more technically minded or have other skills, but like I, I talk to a lot of people that come off of the JET program that like want to be translators or something like that. The, the the one thing I always try to tell people is that the Japanese language is a tool that you use to apply your trade in Japan, because obviously nowhere else nowhere else speaks Japanese. But basically, unless you're your trade or your skills are so good that a company will hire you without speaking their language, then you have to speak their language and then also, you know, develop your skills. So that's very important. There are ways that you can take steps to get an entry-level job or even a mid-level job, you know, provided that your skills are adequate enough and, and work here, but just expect a lot of Difficulty. And uh, I just thought of one thing, one optimistic thing I'll say. You know, we've been talking maybe a little bit negatively here and saying it's hard to get a job and things like that, but there are lots of jobs available who are specifically looking for people who speak English. I, I know uh, Evan said his company was hiring. I know my company's hiring. I know most of the data centers are hiring. Most data centers in Osaka are hiring. You get some really good paying jobs too if you have a little experience there. There's a data center uh, package that's hiring I just heard about, or maybe yeah. it was Alamari, but. Yeah. Not you know uh, what's it what's it called uh, uh, I can't remember Salesforce Salesforce just opened a new data center down in Kobe. Yeah, uh, Salesforce is a major international company as well. Yeah, they're paying huge amounts of money too. But um, so yeah, there are loads of jobs out there. 
you just have to see what you want to like I said what are you willing to compromise you know what are your motivations what are you going to do it learn your Japanese like Evan said be willing to learn on the job if you don't know because I mean if you, if you don't know it you'll get a low-level job and you can learn from there but you have to be able to you have to put in the effort mm -hmm. right. but there, there are jobs out there right a positive attitude and a willingness to learn will go a long way and there are jobs absolutely I think I'd actually enjoy learning on the job anyway. That's good. Uh, the one thing I would say a negative about learning on the job, at least in my experience, is that in Japan, is that they tend to teach you in a negative, in a punishment kind of way. Like they'll say, "Do this thing," you do it, then they say you why it's wrong, right? Which kind of sucks. I prefer oh. if they told me in advance. our two-part series and on a positive note. I hope you've enjoyed the discussion and found it useful if you happen to be job searching yourself. I'll post some explanations of terms brought up during our talk as well as other resources so don't worry I got you. Thanks again so much to John and Evan for being just awesome senpais and also to Andy and Tierra for giving up their time on the weekend. Best of luck to you two on your job hunting. I've been your host, Eden Law. See you all next time. Bye-bye for now. Come here,